0: I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it long!
1: So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the rock and roll hall of fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the north coast i am your program host greg rempe happy to have you aboard here on your tuesday evenings a live fire fun if you want to jump in on the show tonight you want to know how to follow the show all that fun stuff here's how you do it you can get in touch with
0: the show by sending an email to Greg at Show.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform.
1: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central Show.com, which is still being worked on a week removed to me being very leery. If this new website was actually ever going to come to fruition or not, do I have the ability to unveil it to you this evening? Will we be seeing the unveiling of the brand new 2023 Barbecue Central Show's website? New. Mm-hmm. The conversations have ticked up a little bit more, and I've been talking with my webmaster consultant, Nick. <laughs> Nick. So we'll see how it comes to be i asked him is there any way we think we'll get done with this at the end of next week setting expectation for even a week out and he thought that would be a okay number of aesthetic changes to go through and make again i'm not looking to change the website universe here i'd be really happy with just a very nice static page that is modern looking and that just sends people out linking wise i don't need pages on pages or anything like that. It's all about the podcast feed, and that's it. I'm trying to get this through to Nick. Sometimes he's listening, and other times he's not listening. But as soon as it's unready to unveil, I will show it to you, and you will be able to give me your thoughts on it. Now, with your feedback, does that mean anything will change? Most likely not. I'm here to take all of the advice and constructive criticism and then weigh it out. Anyway, here's what's happening on the show this evening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can still sign up for. Shine up or sign up for on the current piece of crap website. All you need to do is drop your name and an email address, and that's it. In about 11 minutes from now, he is the creator of Another Pint Please. He will be a quarterly guest here in 2023 and somebody I worked with in person at the Hartville Hardware's Grill Fest 2023. <laughs> We welcome back friend of the show and Weber honk, Mike Lang. We're going to be talking about some of the new Weber products that he has had his hands on, been able to test drive. He's actually made some training videos for that have not been released to the general public yet. So we'll talk to Mike about, namely, the, the uh, griddle. I don't know if it's got a catchy nickname or not, like Traeger's. Weber is anteing up the... Whose griddle is bigger contest, if you know what I mean. I'm trying to skirt around another slang saying by jumping Weber or by jumping Traeger. Allegedly, Traeger's coming out with theirs or making their introduction tomorrow. And Weber decided to one-up them by sneaking it in today. So if you were watching social media, you saw not a ton of people talking about it. But Mike Lang made a post and some of the other folks. Uh, as soon as Traeger makes theirs, it will just wash over social media like everything they do, and then it's up for a comparison at that point on which one's better. Look to flat top, and I don't know how much better or worse one can be versus the other, but who am I to say? I don't have one yet. I know Blackstone owns 80% of the market right now, and everybody else is trying to jump in and grab up a piece of that 80% of that niche. So we'll see how it goes for Weber, we'll talk to Mike about it. We'll also talk about Forget having to do everything and needing to do everything and wanting to do everything when it comes to live fire cooking. How about mastering the basics? So as an ongoing segment with Mike, we will take one segment. We will break it all the way down to its rudimentary components and making sure that you're an expert in the backyard for that particular topic of his visit. And tonight we'll be talking about steak. Then we will move to the second guest segment in the first hour, or as we call it, 35 pass. Creator of cookoutnews.com and monthly show contributor Wes Wright rejoins me. About three weeks off since the last time we had him. We'll clean up what we didn't get to when he was at the National Hardware Convention out there in Las Vegas a handful of weeks ago. We'll talk about the impending HPB Expo that will be taking place in Louisville, Kentucky mid-March. I will actually be attending that because it's really close. There's going to be some customers there or some sponsors there that I should go out and see in person again or at least for the first time maybe make some new potential sponsorship candidate opportunities. So we'll see how that goes. So Wright closing out the first hour, then we move to the second hour where we will find the managing partner, I just say owner. Of NBBQA, Cal Phelps this past week saw the National Convention go off out there in the Orlando, Florida area. So we'll talk to Cal about how the event went off high level and then we'll break into some of the more of the minutiae and then some SCA history being made during one of the two contests over there in Florida as well. So we'll talk to Cal about what actually went down, how history was broken, and you might not be surprised if you filed the SCA on who actually broke into the history books because they've done it before. So looking forward to talking to Cal, 14 past the second hour. And then 35 past the hour, it's open. It's a really good chance we're going to close it out early because i got to jump a bird. At uh, We're wheels up 6.30 tomorrow morning, heading out of town, and we have some things to take care of that I'm not going to get into. But there's if, if there's just nothing pressing or Cal just doesn't, Seem to need to have that 35 past the second hour, second, then we might call it a night early so I can grab a little bit of shut eye before we uh, race out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City or Bomb City, USA, depending on whatever you like. So that's how your show is setting up here this evening. Don't forget you can follow me socially Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to those of you watching through one of our video streaming platforms, Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch via YouTube slash RD Rempe. And I'll get to the YouTube poll here in a second. And why not throw caution to the wind this evening as we have re-engineered and relaunched Clubhouse. There are zero people in it because I went away from it for a number of weeks. So a lot of people probably just ditched it and went over to YouTube, which is probably the best place to do it, or on Facebook and Twitch. I like the Twitch users, but that's not a big live fire area. But Clubhouse is open, so if you'd like to ask any of the guests some questions as we mix them in, jump on over to that platform. What's probably going to happen is this. I will say, we are going to Clubhouse. Let's go to, for instance, Smoking Joe's Pit Barbecue, and he will not be there at all. And then I'll laugh at myself. I will curse myself going, why did I bother bringing this back in again? But you know me, I'm a sucker, and that's just the way it goes. Hey, here's this week's poll on the YouTubes. You go to YouTube, you get counted if you vote. Otherwise, just throw it in there, and I will keep mental tallies as well. What's your favorite kind of cooker? Option number one, bullet, like a Weber Smoky Mountain. Number two, a ugly drum smoker or UDS, like Pit Barrel or The Associated. How about an wood-burning offset pit? Or lastly, the pellet cooker, any kind, make, and or model. And currently in the lead, believe it or not, Pellet Cookers at 42%. Offset Stick Burners a close second. Bullet Style Smokers third. And Pit Barrel Style Smokers, or UDS, is really far behind at the moment. 8% notching it up. So, of course, we will ask all the guests here this evening as we get into that as well. Lots of you were jumping at me with this email over the course of the week. Sounded something like this. Greg, do you want to bet with me if Meathead is actually going to come out with this new book or not. I'm taking the no. Lots of those types of emails and DMs coming my way this past week. So let me answer all of those messages right here, right now. In fact, I will take all of you who are betting against Meathead right now and tell you that I am 100% confident that he will have a finished book ready for sale by next year right around this time. 100% confident do you know how I know this because I know that he's doing it he's meeting deadlines he's contracted by the publisher they've paid him his advance all of the hallmarks of someone writing a legit book to be published are or have happened so at this stage of the game yes I'm the guy taking bets against Meathead because I know this is going to get done now last year two years ago four years ago I'd be right there with you. I would be leading the I call bullshit charge, but not in 2023. I'm not a betting guy, but I'm always willing to take the opposite side of a sucker's bet. And that's what this is. So if you're betting against Meathead on this time, you are the sucker. I'm taking your money. Trust. And just so we have it in backup, I will lead with that question next week when the embedded correspondents show up for their monthly run and we go through a new line of 100% assured questions. So we will see if they also believe. Because we have taken a dump on Meathead in years past when I've asked that question. We'll see if it holds true in 2023. But I'm a yes, Meathead will get it done. Love to see what you weigh in on that as well. That'll be next week's poll question problem. All right, Mike Lang is ready to go from another pint, please, before we get to him, as I've been telling you about here since the beginning of the year. Since 1991, the National Barbecue and Grilling Association has been the voice of the barbecue and grilling industry by helping members network, and they help you learn from proven professionals that have years, if not decades, in the business of barbecue itself. New owner and leader, Cal Phelps, looks to take the history of this organization and move it to new heights in 2023 and beyond. And, of course, they started last week with that National Barbecue Association's annual conference. But you can go to nbbqa.org right now and further investigate this organization. See if it's something you want to take a part of. I wholly would encourage you to... Read everything about it. See who's already involved with it. Some of the biggest names in the industry are taking part and or showing up to a lot of these different gatherings like they did last week. So if you are a barbecue restaurateur or you're in the rub business or the sauce business where you want to get into that line of work or that line of business, this is an organization you will want to get involved with. Go to nbbqa.org. That's nbbqa.org for all the information. Find out what membership pricing is like. And then join Cal Phelps and all the others in reaping the rewards. And by the way, if you can't go live to some of these meetings, everything's taped now. You can get video so you can watch it at your leisure. It's like a podcast with video, just like this show. nbbqa.org. And we're back with another pint. Please, creator Mike Lang. Stick around. we we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
1: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com, you peruse their different flavors of pellets, you buy the one that best fits your palate, and away it comes to you. You can also see what other products they're selling over at that website, CookinPellets.com, by the way. Starting to run away with it a little bit, 46% of you are saying pellet cookers are your favorite cookers. Stick burners are still sitting in second place. A little surprised by that, if I'm being honest. My first guest tonight, one of the most respected live fire bloggers and website landscapers out there today. He loves cooking on his fleet of Weber cookers, and he's also a successful book author to boot. Let's head to the hotline and welcome back the creator of another pint, please. Friend of this show, Mike Lang, joining us. Hey, Mike. Hey, Greg, how are you? I am fabulous. Appreciate you making time. So let's lead with the question of the week, Mike. What is your favorite style of cooker? Is it a bullet style like Weber Smoky Mountain? Is it UDS, ugly drum smoker like Pit Barrel? Or is it an offset stick burner? Or leading the way, as I just mentioned, that 46% pellet cooker, which tricks your trigger.
2: Mm, my heart is with the bullet. I think you probably could have guessed that. But uh, yeah, I absolutely love its capacity and results. It's It's amazing.
1: That was my first cooker ever. That's what got me into barbecue. Uh, actually, when we look back at how I entered into this whole industry, we can all blame my cousin, Glenn Rempy for doing this. He was a barbecue caterer in Maryland 100 years ago. I'd cooked through the back of a cheap gas grill that my wife got me when we moved into our first house in the eastern suburbs of Cleveland in about a year and a half. And so I was going to go buy a huge stainless steel gen air grill and it had a big rotisserie burner was like 1200 bucks i just happened to catch a phone call with my cousin and he said have you considered getting a barbecue pit and i said i wouldn't have the first idea what that even is and he sent me on a chase through the internet and said i would recommend either this or a weber smoky mountain then you might save some money you could buy a decent sized weber gas grill and you can have Two different cooking vessels and it was like wow blew my mind I didn't know you could do it two ways and here we go then there was a forum and then there was a podcast now there's a live show 15 years later and it's a whole situation so I would be hard-pressed I would part of me would say pellet cooker because I was so anti-establishmentarianism when it came to the introduction of pellet cookers and then once I got one and used it I Hated to admit how much I actually loved it. I actually kept it a secret for a number of years <laughs> because I was so embarrassed. But then I just let my freak flag fly and realized, hey, this is a great piece of equipment. But I had learned, let's start here. Enough of me rambling. Where we are this day and age in 2023 with the technology that's available, have we lost the desire? I know the need, but have we lost the desire to first learn proper Fire management.
2: I think you hit the nail on the head. The bullet is so great because you actually have to learn fire and heat and smoke and all of that to come together. I love a good pellet smoker too. The smoke fire is fantastic, but it's so easy. And that's my Achilles heel. If I'm feeling lazy, I'm going to go out. I'm going to turn it on. It's going to produce great dinners. But it's not the same experience as actually starting a fire and getting the temperature and having a true live fire experience.
1: I think if we're going to call ourselves pitmasters or we're going to throw that term around, to me what signifies this, if you came to my house, Mike, and you saw the vast array and fleet of cookers that I had, I have no doubt you could step up to any one of those and execute a great meal. Somebody who's only learned on a pellet cooker, I would fear that if they went to somebody else's house and all they had was a stick burner or a bullet style or a barrel, uh, for instance, I'm skittish. I don't know if they know how to build a fire from scratch. Yeah. I don't know how if they know how to keep it, and then let alone cook on it.
2: Yeah, I think you have every right to be skittish about it because you're right. I mean, how easy is it to open up your smartphone or turn some dials like on an easy bake oven? And next thing you know, you're making some awesome barbecue. It's awesome, but it's also not the same thing as getting your hands truly dirty, starting a fire, and, and working that that bullet. It's it's totally different.
1: Is this a is this a grassroots movement we can try and get going again? Can we start a hashtag learn live fire management or hashtag build fires? Are you willing to take on this effort with me?
2: I would even wear the
1: t-shirt if you want to put one together. I think it's fantastic. All right. We will have my people call your people. You got to do it though. I mean, that's, I think also there's a romance, right? I mean, what's more romantic than throwing sticks into an offset, Fire during the wee hours of the morning and having an adult beverage that you're into that, or maybe a cigar. I mean, there's just something romantic about keeping the fire.
2: It's romantic, it's the essence of man, right? It's almost a a survival skill. You should have that skill, even if you don't use it every single weekend. Those muscle memories should be there to be able to do it. So, yes, I completely subscribe to it. I get we're busy, it's easy to do things, but man, you got to go back to basics.
1: Last time you were on the show, Mike, we were really hyping up the 2022 Hartville Hardware (laughs) Grill Fest. First time event for you, a many time MC event for me, as you could tell by my polished MC hosting skills. Mm. What do you think after doing a live demo in front of what was a pretty raucous crowd, well attended, great weather day? And I thought you executed very well. But what was it like from your end? No,
2: thank you. Uh, Absolutely had a blast. Uh, You know. I've always done small little things here and there, but nothing on that scale. I know for sure having you there as the MC, which I will tell your audience that to see Greg live is a step above the radio show. I mean, you really you you are the consummate MC. I was, I was quite happy to have you there. But yeah, from my standpoint, uh, it was a blast. I uh, met some great people. Of course, Diva Q Grilling with Dad, uh, and just a lot of people that turned out for some great fun at Hartville. Um, and it was great. I'm looking forward to hopefully doing it again this year.
1: So has that event inspired you to either search out or at least entertain other offers of doing something similar then?
2: yeah i've got another one on the books tentatively down in kentucky in a month that's when it's warm out i forget when it's supposed to be but uh that one is on uh on the radar so to speak so yeah i'm always looking you know you know me i like opening or walking through open doors and when those kind of things open up especially to talk about something that i love uh like you know grilling i'm i'm gonna be there
1: you got another book on the agenda yet
2: (laughs) it's funny after listening to meathead talk about his process i'm like do i (laughs) <laughs> um yeah i i'm constantly keeping ideas like pencil down and stuff but uh i think uh, my process with one beer grilling is a lot different than uh, what meathead has done and continues to do and should be admired but if i said do i want to do one absolutely i need to clear some time in my schedule to buckle down and do it hmm. but uh it was a great experience but i like to do it again to kind of perfect what i started out let's
1: hold your feet to the fire here mike you mentioned Meathead a few minutes ago. Um he is supposed to have another book or two, as he had mentioned last week, ready to come out next year. Do you believe that it will actually happen?
2: Oh hell yes. Oh well right. oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he'll he'll do it. Right. He's he's right. gonna complain about it. Yeah. Because it's 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 a lot, but I know he'll do it. Not mm. a doubt.
1: It's not a new interest or area of interest in the live fire sector, but Griddles and or flat tops appear to be the leader in the sector at this point. Of course, it's Blackstone. It's going to get some company. Obviously, today Weber makes a big announcement, perhaps shooting a preemptive shot over the Traeger bow by showing the Weber griddle today. I believe Traegers is supposed to launch tomorrow. We'll see about that. And uh, you're somebody that has first hand experience with it. What can you tell me about it? What do you like about it? And not asking you to do a Weber sales pitch. We Everybody knows you're affiliated with Weber in some way, so I'm, I would assume it's going to be have a, a nice positive glow to it. But what do you like about it, and how do you find it cook?
2: Yeah, no, I always caveat by saying I've been so lucky to be the grillographer for Weber Grills for a decade now um, and do uh, so much work in the content creation side of things. But uh, as far as the griddle goes, I'm so thrilled they came out with it. Uh, not surprisingly, I love it. Brings back fond memories of a 18 year old Mike working the grill top at friendly's restaurant here oh, in uh, Southwest wow, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for those in the, yeah, those in the, you would know friendlies from Ab- Cleveland. Absolutely. And um, New
1: York, by the way. That was one of my favorite things visiting my mom's parents in the booming metropolis of Hornell, New York was going to friendlies after dinner and getting a float or a, oh, uh, what was yeah. the thing? A fribble. Remember fribbles?
2: I remember Fribbles and I remember the Jim Dandy. which yes, was the Jim Dandy. Two yes. that oh, my God. Off, Tuesday, no doubt. Oh, my. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, I, I think for me, it's, it's number one, it's taking things outside. And I get why the appeal of the flat top is there, because you are outside and you're making a mess. You're cooking for a lot of people <laughs> or even for one person. But, you know. Grease is flying, food is flying, but you can be outside doing it. It's a huge cook surface. It's a solid grill. It heats evenly from side to side. Uh, and plus, you know, it ignites effortlessly. I was blown away by just how simply it ignites with the Snapjet ignitions. Uh, so I think uh, it will definitely have a foothold in the market. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see them in a lot of backyards.
1: There appeared to be a 24 and a 36 inch, if I'm not mistaken, or 28
2: yeah, and 36. 28 and 36, yes. right.
1: Why offer the small one? Why not just go for 36? Typically, the, uh, the consumer, here's what I think. Consumer would buy 28 to save some thin guilders and then immediately have buyer's remorse when their neighbor <laughs> gets the 36 and they're like, "No, I should. Now Maybe they go out and buy an additional 36 and now they have two griddles. Why not just offer one?
2: Well, there are people way smarter than me that work in marketing at Weber that know the markets, the price points, and the needs. So I guarantee you, if there's two, there's a reason for it. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I think everyone wants to get something that they think is going to work, and they see the bigger one and think, well, I want that. I've been quite guilty of that before. Um, but the 28 asset is, was, I thought, a fantastic size. Uh mm. I was first uh, lucky enough to shoot training videos up at headquarters with the team back in the fall, and of course uh, this weekend cranking out some content for the launch uh, today. So really, it's it's been it's been a blast. And I think too, what's fun about it is there's always the basic things you think about, you know, fried rice and smash burgers, but there's a whole litany of things that you could try on it. So I'm really kind of curious to see where ideas and passions go having this flat top in your backyard. I know I'm quite, quite intrigued uh, by some different things I've been kind of noodling around. So it'll it'll be neat to see what, what happens.
1: I don't have a flat top yet, but with the proliferation of all now top manufacturers coming out with one, certainly I'll be encouraged to go ahead and add something to the patio. The other thing we wanted to do here this evening, by the way, we're talking with Mike Lang from Another AnotherPinePlease, AnotherPinePlease.com is his website and the associated Instagram as well. We want to talk about getting back to basics and forgetting the let's do everything. Let's come out with something ridiculous just to get views, whatever. Let's help people hone the basic skills, becoming a backyard grill master. And I wanted to start with everybody's favorite steak backyard steak is king. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about the barbecue meats per se, but from a grill standpoint, steak continues to reign supreme. So generally speaking, like, what are you suggesting for preparing to cook a steak what do you like to do ahead of the cook
2: well number one is make sure my grill is heated up and ready to go you know if, if it's a gas grill it's going to take more time Charcoal grill not as much time but that's probably the most important thing right away is making sure your grill is actually ready to go
1: do you have a favorite cut of steak
2: oh it's a ribeye yeah, yeah. None. were you ever uh yeah were you ever um, hit and miss. If I get kind of overly tired of the, the, the more fat content of the ribeye, I'll go for a strip. It's funny. Hosted a dinner party with some close friends over the weekend. I did both a standing rib roast and a tenderloin because I know certain people do not want any fat in their beef. And of course they're tenderloin fans. But I, even then I didn't, roast. Uh, I like the fat,
1: hmm. um, seasoning your steak. What do you like? And what do you suggest as far as doing it in advance?
2: I either do two schools of thought. Number one, I will a day in advance, put it in a wire rack, leave it in the fridge. Uh, if I do not have the time or the forethought to do that, which is usually the case, I will simply take it out of the fridge and I will season it and take it right to the grill. You know, Seasoning for me is simple. I, you know, I can taste things, but I don't have these super taste buds that some people do and can pull out, you know, patouli and chamomile and a hint of lemon and something. I can taste, you know, sweet. Spicy, salty, and you know that's about the extent of it. So for me, it's usually salt and pepper, and then a third. It may be paprika, it may be cayenne, it may be garlic. Just something else I want, kind of want to spotlight for what I'm doing. Mm. Uh, but I try to keep it simple. It is
1: to me, it works. Are you a coffee rub guy at all? <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> one of your sponsors actually reached out to me because I kind of dissed it a little bit. But I got to tell you. Uh, uh you just asked me too fast. Uh I'm going to say it wrong. For, he was from Boston, oh, Northeast. Bubba and he recently moved down to South Carolina. Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh and his rub uh, it was actually it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Um it was it was subtle enough, it wasn't overpowering. It wasn't trying to say this is a coffee shop rub. It was trying to say this is a rub that has coffee in it. And I appreciated that. So I think he did a really good job. So
1: It appears everybody has a method to cook steak. What's Mike Lang's favorite method of cooking steak?
2: You know, usually I'm going to go with about an inch and a half inch and a quarter ribeye, which means it's going to cook in about eight minutes over (laughs) 500 degree Fahrenheit heat. I'm going to put cross hatches in it because they look cool. And I take pictures and I want things to look good, even though that might not be the best way for the best flavor where that sear is. Um, But that's typically, so two minutes rotate 90 degrees, two minutes flip. And then another four minutes, Take it off. I'll let it rest maybe five minutes, and then I'm ready to go.
1: Mike Lang joining us from another pint, please, talking about steak, getting back to basics. Properly using a thermometer for internal temperature. I'm not going to ask what you use. I would assume it's something instant read and something digital and something quick, but... How do you use it? Are you going in at an angle? Are you going in at the side and then into the middle? Are you going top down? What's the most accurate way you found to take temperature steak?
2: I'll usually go in. If it's like a steak, I'll go in from the top at an angle, go about to center a little bit past, then back it up just a smidge and then get a reading from there.
1: Are you trying to get to the lowest number? Like, Do you go in, then you come back out, and you try to see if that number is going to raise or lower so you get a – a good idea, or you don't care that much.
2: Yeah, well, I do. It's kind of almost technology in a way. I often think has beaten us because it is so accurate. You can be off, you know, a quarter, an eighth of an inch, and who knows if you're hitting fat or or, or mm. muscle or meat, mm-hmm. it could be different. So I think it's kind of frustrating in a way that it's so accurate. It's like, okay, is this right or not? In which case, you had got to go to your gut, then add time into it, temperature, size of the meat, and figure out. Okay, well, this should be right at what I'm seeing is correct. So there's a lot of variables.
1: What about resting?
2: For a steak, I'm only going to rest it a few minutes. Uh, for everything I've read and everything I've seen, the amount of energy retained in that meat when it comes off the grill is not going to add that much more than maybe four to five degrees in cooking temperature. So I'll pull it off early, give it a rest of a few minutes, and then then dig into it. Now, if it's a roast, it'd be different, but for a steak, yeah. you
1: have a favorite side dish for steak?
2: God, you know, it's got to be a starch. For whatever reason, it comes to meat. I'm always wanting a potato. Yeah, which is like probably not the healthiest thing. Um, but I just I like a good potato. It could be mashed. It could be grilled. Um, it could be fried. It could be smashed. It could be fried. Um, it just yeah. I just I love a good potato.
1: What's your favorite beer at the moment?
2: Gah! Funny you asked that, Greg. Uh-oh. I'm drinking a Lock 27 barrel aged Alpheus from a, a great brewery here in Dayton. Um, this one actually wow. has, uh, has adjuncts of spiced chai added to it. So if you like a good imperial stout that's barrel aged, the, the chai really adds a different element to kind of take away from that sweet wartiness of the beer. It's mm-hmm. it's quite fantastic.
1: Now, you've been a staunch Oliva Siri V Milano cigar lover mm. the past few times. I know I gave you a few uh, different options when we hooked up there in Hartsville in September. Do you have any new favorites or are you still a Serie V Melania lover?
2: <laughs> I've not changed. Yeah. I'm thankful on the one for uh so share- I know, it's so, so good. Yeah. Well, it was great sharing a smoke with you, number one, but number two, it just it's just I in fact I had one last night after we were talking the other day, and I just I truly enjoyed it. It was a great way of winding down and just it's 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 my go to. Still is.
1: Mike, will you entertain me here just for a moment as we get ready to close out our friend over in Hawaii? He is the barbecue realtor to the <laughs> Hawaiian stars. Lance Owens has uh, written a poem for you that he would like me to read. If you will indulge me. Oh God. All right. Of course,
2: please. All right.
1: Oh, how I love the sizzle and smoke that rises from my Weber grill. The flames that dance and the aroma invoke a hunger that's impossible to kill. The char marks on a juicy steak or the tender ribs that fall off the bone. The smoky flavor that makes me quake as I take a bite and let out a moan. The grill is my canvas. The meat is my paint as I experiment with flavors and heat And with each dish, I feel no restraint as I create a masterpiece to eat. The hours spent in front of the flame are hours well spent, without a doubt. For grilling and smoking is not just a game, but a passion I cannot live without. So here's to my favorite product and hobby, my Weber grill, the king of them all. For grilling and smoking meats is never shoddy. But a delicious and satisfying call. What do you think?
2: It got a little hot in here. I like it. Steamy. Lance is. I tell you what. If no one's following Lance, it's it's pretty amazing what he's got going on out way way out west. That's. Uh, I love that. That's great.
1: All right. Well, uh, we will keep it as our own. If you would like to. Toss that up to the uh, Weber Brain Trust to see if they want to put that and (laughs) have me re-record it as a potential 2024 uh, Valentine's Day card to all live fire lovers. I'm happy to do that. Uh, In the meantime, you can keep up with Mike over at his website, anotherpintplease.com, or follow him on Instagram at the same handle, anotherpintplease. And you will see Mike here quarterly in 2023. Mike, always appreciate the time and we'll look for you again in three months.
2: Thanks, Greg. All
1: the best. All right, there he is. Mike Lang right there. Yes, sir. And follow him right along. Another Pint Please on Instagram and again the website, anotherpintplease.com Lance, you dirty dog. I added the music bed. That was my call, but I figured I'd add a little extra layer of flavor of the pun. Hey, Pits and Spits have the best-looking, best-cooking smokers and grills. Pits and Spits offers a full family of products, including traditional offset smokers, wood pellet grills, charcoal grills, travel grills, combination pits, fire pits, and much more. Pits and Spits has been one of the only American fabrication shops that's focused on smokers and grills for almost 40 years. Why is that important? They're able to put an emphasis on quality and design, locally sourced materials, and unmatched attention to detail. From the fully welded barrels to the heavy gauge steel, they bring both function and beauty to life. Pits and Spits builds every product with the intention it will get passed down for generations. Whether you're into competition barbecue or you just want to take that backyard barbecue and grilling game to the next level, there is a product for you. Don't fret. Check them out at pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central. That's pits and spits all spelled out. Dot com slash bbqcentral and use promo code bbqcentral when you buy your grill or smoker or accumulate up to $500 worth of stuff and you'll get a free spice pack sent along with your order once again the website pittsandspits.com and promo code bbqcentral looking to land ryan's a grill here over the next handful of weeks so we can catch up with him see if Pits and Spitz might be bringing a griddle to market We do have Wes Wright ready to rock. We'll obviously be talking about griddle stuff with him amongst some other things. So stick around. We'll be right back. You're
0: listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central
1: Show. We thank Mike Lang for joining us last segment. Another his website. And look for him again next quarter. The segment brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home because Fireboard is fully integrated with both, find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. By the way, Ted Conrad will be at the HPB Expo. I will see him in person for the first time ever. So how about that? Longtime sponsor of the show and we'll meet face-to-face. Looking forward to that again that I believe, well, I'll be there like March 11th. And 12th or something. It's like uh, I'll be there on a Saturday and then the balance of a Sunday before I come back home. But I think it's like 11th through the 13th or something like that. Hey, my next guest tonight, the creator of cookoutnews.com, the third Tuesday of the month regular guest in this time slot. We race to the phone and welcome back Wes Wright. Wes, last time you were on Next Grill, uh, uh, last time you were on we were talking about your time at the National Hardware Convention and show whatever out there in Las Vegas. And we didn't really get to it. But Next Grill has been what I would call on a small to medium tear of releasing different units into the market. I had Ramsey Hawfield on the show last year as they were getting ready to launch that Nevo 720 Smart Grill with the attached air fryer. Not sure exactly how that was received into the market, but at least it was a little outside of the box. They've continued their tear. As they open a few versions of this thing called the Oakford line of cookers. So what can you tell us about the Oakford and what's your opinion on Next Grill as a company?
3: Yeah. Hey, Greg. Uh, So, yeah, I actually, I saw it. uh, ramsey out in vegas and he actually uh mentioned being on your show and listening to your show so i thought i'd throw that out there but they're the, all their He products never emails me
1: i email him like three times <laughs> really? a week i get zero <laughs> answers ever so i'm i'm at least happy that he mentioned me to you but geez he's tough to get a hold of
3: yeah well maybe he's busy releasing grills i don't know how dare <laughs> they are releasing a lot but uh yeah the, the oakford line they they really Took off with that last year. It was just three different size pellet grills, one of which you know I like and I have in my garage. Um, and now they have uh, a reverse flow offset. They have um, a hybrid that's a gas offset, also charcoal grill, and one. Um, they have a vertical smoker uh, that's a pellet grill that holds eighty pounds in their hopper, which is Whoa. you know could smoke for a week, I guess. Uh, then they even launched into uh, pizza ovens for 300 bucks. They have the next aura, which looks like a good product. It's got a nice sleek design to it. It has a rotating stone. Um, and when I talked to him that, you know, we talked about how they're in that kind of sweet spot for value where they have pretty good features at not a ton of money, you know, and they're have a big partnership with home Depot. So everything they release goes through home Depot, um, which, you know, he says is going well. I, I don't, expect them to say anything else, but, uh, but yeah, they, they have lots of products out now.
1: How do you find that happy as he talks about the happy medium of value, but, you know, not necessarily skimping on the parts that are most important. Do you find that within this industry that's really achievable or is that a lot of lip service and in the end, the stuff is being replaced far quicker than it would be if you're paying, you know, three, four times the amount.
3: Yeah, that's the hard thing. You know, time will tell because these are all new grills. So, I mean, they look good from a quality standpoint. You know, they're, they are, you know, admittedly more entry level products. So I wouldn't expect it to be something like a, you know, quarter inch steel. But, um, you know, we'll see as, you know, the next couple of years, hopefully they're still, the quality holds up and they're just really, truly at that value and not something they skimped on. But um, just from the looks of it, you know, I, I mean, I, but then again, I keep my pellet grill in the garage, but it's it, you know, it's been going almost a year strong. So,
1: the last cabinet pellet cooker and the only cabinet pellet cooker that I've ever seen was a pit boss, it's been out for you know, any number of years. And now you have that 1400 vertical smokers, you said it's got an 80 pound pellet hopper. So, you know, even the, the biggest pellet hoppers that I would see on traditional cookers are. 20 pounds, uh, maybe 25 pounds. So, I mean, easily four times the capacity than most pellet cookers, which is encouraging. Do you think, from a fad standpoint or a Me Too standpoint, that we're going to see other cabinet style or vertical smokers coming to market this year?
3: Yeah, that category has kind of been a surprise to me. I didn't see that coming. You know, I know about griddles and pizza ovens and maybe even electric grills, but, um, you know, next grill released one pit boss just released another one which is their pro series elite um and then i know of one that uh i've been sworn to secrecy that's going to be out from another company in the coming weeks so what does
1: it rhyme with
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> think about that because <laughs> i can't think of a good word to rhyme with it but <laughs> but yeah it, it'll be out soon so just you know here's a free plug look out look at my website <laughs> The
1: cabinet concept has been around forever. You look back when I first was even just doing uh, before show, any show of this uh, ilk, it was just a message board. And you had companies like Stump Smokers and then Superior Smokers, Deep South Smokers, Spice Wine Cookers. These were all uh, cabinet style cookers. Now, the biggest difference, these were even back then, high dollar charcoal-driven, no pellets, no electronics. Uh, You could put a guru on it, I guess, if you wanted to help uh, stoke the fire at that point. That was very big to do that. But these were all real custom, many different options, uh, lead time involved. You just didn't walk into Home Depot or Lowe's and buy one and take it home. It's probably already assembled for you at that point. Uh, These were things that you had to call in. It was almost like an offset, except it was a cabinet and you were running on charcoal. So the, the idea has been around forever. They got really popular. They plateaued a little bit. A couple of those companies went out of business. Stumps, I think, is is still in business doing it. Uh, Backwoods was another one that was really popular back in the day. Why do you think pellet upright cookers have come into fame? Just because pellet cookers are the trendy thing and this is just a new shape to stick it in?
3: Yeah, I think it's another way that you can have a wood you know, fired fuel source, just like the regular stand-up pellet grills, the, I guess we'll call them horizontal pellet grills, but they're, you know, as opposed to using, uh, you know, wood chips on some of the electric ones or other fuel sources like that, it's, it's just a a good, good application for, for pellets. And with the cabinet style being able to lock in, you might be able to, you know, hold in a little more smoke than from a, a traditional pellet grill. Maybe that's the thinking behind it. But like I said, it's a, it's a total surprise to me. I don't really know too many people that use uh, cabinet-style uh, smokers. So we'll, we'll see how that goes.
1: From a business standpoint, speculation, of course. Is it smart for Next Grill to tie in solely to Home Depot, or do you think they're missing a portion of the industry?
3: So I, I bet you they're getting a pretty good deal out of it. It's, you know, one on the distribution side, you can't get better distribution than one of the largest hardware store chains, you know, on the planet. So they're, they're guaranteed to move a lot of units. Um, I'm not sure if Home Depot plays, pays them some kind of exclusivity fee or something like that, but I would imagine that if, you know, they're willing to do that rather than broadening to, to other uh, retail chains, that it it has to be pretty lucrative Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's again, it's the you know high volume, low margin model. I would imagine that they're going after. So Home Depot is a good place to do it, especially if you're getting some type of fee on top of the sales.
1: Last week, I had Ray Pepiat, who's the manager of product development over at Oklahoma Joe, which is obviously uh, folded into the WC Bradley uh, family of products, which also include Charbroil, Saber, and the like. He was talking about their new release into the market, which was the Marshall center box cooker you know anything about that and uh, have you seen it in person
3: i haven't seen it in person i'll have an article on it this week but it it's a cool design i like you know i'm partial to anything that takes a unique take on you know grilling or smoking as opposed to just another product that's kind of like everything else out there so that idea that you have a center place uh, basket for holding, I think it holds 17 pounds of charcoal. Um, and then with a V shape, and then it's got a, a smokestack on each side to hopefully give you, you know, pretty uniform uh, heat and, and smoke flavor across the grill. It, it's, you know, it's a neat product. I, I haven't seen it, but it is available at Lowe's now. It's what's funny with I see a lot of these grill companies is. They'll announce something and I, I don't know if he said this. I, I missed that interview, but they'll say available this spring and then I'll look on Lowe's or Home Depot and they're you know, it says ready within three hours hmm. by my house. So some's kind of disconnect. But yeah, you can buy that product at Lowe's.
1: I know going on oklahomajo's.com it was unavailable and the price point yeah. was six ninety nine, so it wasn't super cheap, especially for you know, something that doesn't have a lot of electronics in it per se, but Uh, I would assume that goes to the quality of the build. Um, uh, Ray said they didn't really skimp on any portion of it, but when you're leaving a lot of the electronics out of it, uh, an increased price to me means they're doing something right as far as the manufacturing is concerned. So we'll see how that gets entered into the market and how it is uh, being purchased. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about tonight, we didn't get to it the last time was uh, I had Mike Lang on from another pint, please. This past segment, he has some kind of a relationship with Weber. So Uh, Typically, he's not going to frown on uh, anything Weber, but he had mentioned that the new Weber griddle is out right now. So look, I mean, it gets a little convoluted with Weber and, and me at this point. A, I have no idea why it has taken them this long to not approach me about either buying my show or at least sponsoring. I mean, what the hell is going on? That's number one. But number two, they introduced the new Genesis Uh, line of cookers they had that whole uh, like craft made accessory thing i think a griddle is uh, a part of that so i'm not sure what value a standalone griddle makes to somebody that would have bought a a weber gas grill recently when they can just go buy the griddle insert for like 180 bucks or, or whatever it is so what do you know about the weber griddle and what is it bringing to market that isn't already there or
3: is it me too yeah. I think it's a me too product. Um, kind of two points there. One, I've been releasing some documents from Weber's process of going private, which they just closed today, actually. I still all an article to come on that, but they, uh, through that process, they released all the documents that they went through when they looked on taking on more debt and, and going private. And in one of the, the slides that the investment bank put together for them, it talks about how they're they're banking on 2024 releases as being a, uh, a you know a big big help for their business in 2023. They're so cash strapped that mm. the products released this year, I interpret that to mean that they're kind of just also ran products that aren't that exciting. And next year's where we'll get the good stuff. Mm. Um, but looking at the specs of it, it, I mean it it just lines up with what's on the market with you know Weber flair to it. Um, I I don't think there's anything that fantastic about it i i think it looks better than the than a comparable blackstone and it's probably similarly priced um, you know and that and it has aluminized steel on it too which is nice so you might be able to pick off some people that way from existing griddle buyers but there's nothing about it that you go you know wow looking at it it's it's kind of another griddle
1: and if you're a weber honk you're going to buy a weber griddle instead of another yeah. brand griddle they're probably banking on that as well
3: yeah absolutely it's it's just a matter of from talking to people too at that show in vegas they said uh at at other companies they said that people talk about blackstone almost like kleenex they say like oh so this is your blackstone Mm -hmm. that you're releasing which get fighting that and fighting for market share is kind of tough other than you know weber fanatics
1: if i understand this correctly weber raced to release the griddle today because potentially tomorrow or Thursday, Traeger is going to be releasing their flat rock
3: to the market. Can you confirm or deny any of that? I, I would give that very high odds. I, I don't know if they pulled up their release timing, but origin like last month Weber said they were going to release it in the spring and it's supposed to be, you know, like an Armageddon of snow here tomorrow, so I don't think it's spring <laughs> yet. And then uh Traeger sent out an email today that they're gonna have a all new release that's completely different than anything they've ever done tomorrow. Mm. So that can only mean they're yeah. griddle, which also people have been buying at random hardware stores around the country already pre release. So
1: I'm trying to think. Like what's the is there a win at this point for Traeger or Weber saying theirs is out before the other? I mean, wouldn't have, wouldn't it have been a, a bigger D contest to have done this four or five years ago?
3: Yeah, you would think so. And Traegers is is drastically different than what Weber's going after. Weber's is, like I said, priced like Blackstone. So it's the thirty-six inch. I want to say it's five hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Traegers, from the information I've seen, is going to be eight hundred and ninety-nine dollars, <laughs> which is a expensive at a whole new price point. Like, what's you know, going on going- with a nine hundred dollar griddle? Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you can buy (laughs) some Blackstones that are a little over a thousand, like I want to say 11, 1200 bucks that have air fryers and all sorts of stuff on it. And I know the Traeger one, they have, uh, you know, a pressure, a pressure meter for your, uh, LP tank. They have, uh, wind guards on it and some other things like, um, I, I don't. I can't validate if this works but they claim that their burners are insulated to give you more unique zoning which doesn't uh-huh. make sense to me because they're all heating a cast iron plate so i don't know why that would matter that much but maybe i'm wrong um but i i think between that and you know they're kind of like i view them as like the apple of the grill industry so you almost pay like a traeger tax when you buy mm. a traeger grill so you know, that pushes it all up up a little bit, but yeah, there, you know, that's a different buyer. That's going to buy a $900 griddle from, you know, like Blackstone, you could get a 36 inch on black Friday for like 250 bucks and it's, you know, pretty solid. So that's, that's a lot different.
1: So tomorrow we should all guard our social media because everybody and their mother, that got one of these that was told on Wednesday, the 22nd unleash your unboxings and first cooks. And it's just going to be a, social media wave like it was for that uh, Traeger Ironwood release uh, last week or two weeks ago.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of smash burgers in the future tomorrow. Mm. So, all right.
1: Uh, Isn't it odd that I think the only promo video I saw of the Weber video was from my last guest, Mike Lang. Did you see any other ones shooting around social media?
3: No, it wasn't publicized that much really that (laughs) it was out. So, It's like how they went public. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of was out. You know, I I was surprised to see it just because I, like I said, it's not spring.
1: So we've talked about Blackstone being the Kleenex of flat tops, but they're drawing up some stuff that has the potential of changing the game quite a bit. So, what are you seeing progressively? It's not out like for sale yet, but what are you seeing that they're looking to bring to market potentially?
3: Yeah, uh, for the drawings that they put out there, it was a number of combo grills, and they've had a, a pellet grill patent for a while now. Um, I think what's most likely is uh, some combination of their pizza oven and, and griddle, you know, together in one cart, we'll call it. That would um, be cool. I think that's the most likely thing. It, it would be. It's, and that's useful and it's different from what's out there. And they do have a few other combo grills, especially when you get into their more camping griddles. They have a gas grill grill combo so it's something that they do um i the any kind of pellet grill i I would imagine would take a longer lead time and they'd want to release a standalone before a combo but um, even those designs were kind of neat they had the um pellets loading from underneath in the cabinet which is you know a different style but you know i i haven't heard them heard of them doing anything this is just my speculation. I haven't read anything about this, but I'm guessing they're, you know, a little bit cash strapped a la Weber at this time from, you know, what they went through from their failed IPO hmm. last summer. So I wouldn't expect anything too soon. Um, you know, and I think that's why we waited so long to get that uh, that pizza oven that released last month, too.
1: Have you heard of Traeger releasing a pizza oven that was shown around last year and it? never really materialized you see that happening in 2023
3: <laughs> i i don't know what's going on with that i <laughs> um i have a, a picture of the the pizza oven accessory off the Timberline that I, I put on my instagram um and it got completely stripped from their website it's you <laughs> cannot find any remnants of that picture it doesn't exist it's and i i haven't heard them talk about doing that you know now's you know, I'm just constantly writing about new grill releases right now, so now's the time to do it. But I think with the uh, with the griddle and with uh, new ironwood, I, I don't know that they have anything left that they're going to release this year. You know, it'd be it'd be surprising to me if they did.
1: Wes Wright breaking it all down for us as he does during each visit. You can find him at cookoutnews.com. Make sure that you subscribe to the newsletter. Get the weekend refuel so you can catch up if you don't go during the course of the week and you can find him here on the third Tuesday of every month here in 2023. Wes, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you again next month. Yeah, thanks, Greg. That's Wes Wright right there. Once again, cookoutnews.com is his website, so make sure I say three days minimum a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but why not go every day? Especially at this stage of the game, a lot of new things that are coming out. He's writing on a lot of great things, giving his opinion and his expertise insight so check it out cookoutnews.com is the place to go before we wrap the first hour I'll tell you about Sterling Ball and Big Papa Smokers the one stop online shop for all things barbecue of course you know there are 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary and you know they own Granny's Barbecue Sauce so if you're tired of all the other barbecue sauces that are out there you can try Granny's barbecue sauce great by itself or great as a base sauce that you can trick out on your very own, aside from the rubs and sauces they are selling cookers. If you're looking for a reversible smoker that's easy to use, check out that MAC 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive MAC dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know what grill you need, call them 877 828 727 That's 877-828-0727 or shop their website at bigpopsmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host... Greg Rampage.
1: And we thank Wes Wright for joining us last segment. Again, the website, cookoutnews.com. Make sure you're hitting that website up a couple different times during the course of the week. If you want to stay on top of breaking news in the live fire industry, short of this show for two hours on a Tuesday, or if you get it in podcast, however you listen to it, a great supplement to one another. The Cookout News and the Barbecue Central Show. What's better than that? Nothing. All right, we are going to get ready to wrap the first hour here. So if you're just tuning in, sorry you missed the first hour. I'll talk to you all about how the podcasts are going to be rolling out here in just a few minutes. However, we do have a great second-hour guest, and we'll have some open time as well. One more time, we are in Clubhouse this evening, so if you have questions for Cal Phelps that you would like to ask, jump on over to Clubhouse, and we'll mix you in when he gets to his segment here in the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.